But that time's yours. After what felt like it might be a relatively normal, quiet week for the Chiefs, we end up having quite a bit of news to talk about on this lovely edition of Times Ours here on The Athletic. Uh, Seth Kaiser will join us at some point in the show, we certainly hope. In the meantime, I'm Joshua Briscoe with Nate Taylor. And Nate, I actually have a problem that I was hoping you could help me with um, because of, well, I'll just, I'll just explain it. I spent too long on the beach yesterday, and I've really got like a nasty sunburn. My shoulders, my shoulders are straight up like home jersey shades of red. (laughs) I've been moisturizing, but I, you know, I thought maybe you'd have some tips, or at the very least, some sympathy for me, um, because frankly, I deserve it. As the wind literally (laughs) blew through me (laughs) at today's practice. Josh, you 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 asked you asked me this. Um, by the way, uh, let me let me paint another just random picture from practice. Please, please, I love the pictures from practice. It's so cold, guys, or like the 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 weather has changed in such a rapid manner that I got a vest on and the coat. Um, Herbie has gloves on. <laughs> like he gonna be out here catching passes. Herbie Kelsey from the Kansas City Star. Uh, love him to death. Um, Pete Sweeney, ill prepared. Oh no! In like a like a windbreaker. Dog, you good? Like oh, it's cold out here. Um, we saw Harrison Bucker kick field goals in a very cold, windy conditions. That's all I'm gonna say, which tells you how it went. Um. Oh man. MVS, who returned to practice today on Thursday, after you know not participating yesterday due to an illness, said that this was similar to weather that he is practiced in in Green Bay, which I don't know, guys, is way the hell north of here. <laughs> it's not even Thanksgiving. Um. So. I hope you are soaking in all of them rays. And I hope you wore a tank tank top so that it looks like you are, I don't know, Taj Gibson back when he used to play for the Chicago Bulls. (laughs) Red, red t-shirt under the white jersey. (laughs) That is exactly, that it, wow. Red t-shirt under the white jersey. Of course I was wearing a tank yesterday. Why wouldn't I be? Um, (laughs) Red t-shirt under the white jersey, Taj Gibson, is a reference so good, I'm afraid Seth may never return to this podcast, because that confuses him on so many Oh, one of the first images on Google search is is him in a black t-shirt with the red jersey on, but I'm gonna find it, don't you worry. I I have no doubt that it's out there, and is, yeah, absolutely exactly what I look like when I look- Is Taj Gibson still in the league? Uh, let's find out He's 37?! Unbelievable. And he's with the Washington Wizards. I mean, of course unbelievable. He's a Why wouldn't he be a wizard? If he was still like he was going to be a wizard. By the way, fine chat, but 37, still in the league. I can make a 15-footer in your face. Dare me. Ugh. I love I love the thirty something the the mid to late thirty year old basketball players on random teams that you occasionally have this moment right now you get to share with somebody. If, I if you told me Taj Gibson retired five years ago, I would like, yeah, yeah sure like yeah like it happens man. That is <laughs> He's so still good. in the league. Well, this is this is what happens if you you know if you don't properly appreciate uh, Seth Kaiser's part of this uh, this wonderful podcast. This is the flip side that occasionally it becomes. Occasionally, it becomes a two thousands uh, NBA show. Yes, which frankly, I think you know, maybe that maybe that's the spinoff that that we need, Nate. Maybe maybe it's just Josh and Nate talk about basketball while Seth gets annoyed. That could, that could be a podcast. And, and then immediately references that guy named Michael Jordan, right? Right? Oh yeah, he played right? on the Bulls. That's the team that had Michael Jeffrey Jordan, right? That's the the only good basketball player of all time. Uh, 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 he might throw out a magic reference, but yeah, <laughs> maybe this, this, is, maybe. this is where we are. Uh, I'm also going to give an early show shout out. This might have been a plan for you on the outro. I don't know if it was. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna, I got to give the shout out to uh, to Randy Gisarelli right now yes. for tweeting out something truly exceptional. Again, I don't know if you can even be playing it on this version because Seth's not here yet. 
But he tweeted out the uh, the original Timezars bingo card uh, at Jazerali on Twitter. You probably already follow Randy. Certainly, if you care about the Royals, you do. Um, but man, if you ever want to uh, just up your level of of podcast listening, go ahead and go ahead and pull <laughs> that one up and and see what. I don't even want to like read them now because I don't want to accidentally get anybody playing the drinking game like blackout drunk. Uh, but. I honestly can't remember if there's one that says like Nate references Ott's basketball because that should be a spot if it's if it's not one that can be on the uh, yeah on the expansion. It's not a spot, but I mean, just incredible marksmanship. It's unreal. Randy. I just unbelievable. Um, Scott Loring. Uh, I'm just gonna read a few. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. fine. I'm going to have to pick one that I really like here. <laughs> what about Nate intentionally makes a pause that is so yes, long yes. and awkwardly awkward <laughs> that Josh and Seth both have to speak up to break the silence? That one, that one really, that one really got me because that felt like someone, that felt like something that you would only think of if you were me listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not I'm not Stephen A levels of posse, but I, I, I it's a nice change up every now and then. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. Ooh, do you think let's make a ruling here. So there the bottom right spot is Seth leaves the podcast early because his wife needs him. Yes. Should oh. there also be a spot for uh and I've already used the word weird, so the free space is already good. Should there should we make that one a hybrid spot where if Seth uh is is entering late because his day job needs him, is that also qualifying? I'm not sure. <laughs> because because judge. Just just leave it there. <laughs> judge. judge says I can't podcast, guys. I'll I'll be on when when I when I show up in the zoo. Uh I just Oh my <laughs> lord. Want. I just want it all to go away. <laughs> I just like I was like talking to my wife today. I was like, how much do we really need health insurance? <laughs> like, is this like a need need or is this like, boy, it's nice to have it like we could downsize the house. Yeah, we got five kids, but like. I shared a room with multiple siblings for a long time. Why can't we live in a two-bedroom place? <laughs> now, oh. Nate, Nate, do you think this qualifies as Seth is scared of upsetting his wife? Because if yep. so, I've got I've got like yep. two thirds of a bingo ready. Oh yep. no, are you guys playing? Yep. Oh no, no. We were just I just wanted to plug it early on in the show so people could play along if they'd like. Uh, I I'm not sure. We're gonna have to. Rainy, it can be the judge. Uh, Nate or Seth or I can judge them as we go. I'm not sure, but uh, if you want to play along, that's. Uh, that's how you can do it. Seth, I did want to, I will go ahead and repeat this because I do, I do just genuinely need some help from, you know, some of my dear friends here with a personal problem I'm having, which is that yesterday I sat on the beach for too long and now I've got a little sunburn. Um, and I was just wondering if you had any really sympathy to give me because, you know, because my, because my shoulders hurt a little bit, you know, and I you just know, feel like I'm a big tough man that deserves some empathy. You know what? You know what I'm going to say, Josh? I'm going to say, I'm sorry that that happened. That sounds pretty tough, my friend. And uh, one good turn deserves another. So when I am <laughs> podcasting in two weeks from Cocoa Beach, yep. when I'm podcasting in three weeks from, if I podcast, we'll see. It's yeah. hard to say what I might do. Right. It's hard to say right now. You could ask me, Seth, are you going to do any of your radio or podcasting obligations those two weeks? I don't know. It'll be interesting to find out, yeah. I guess. I don't know who you'd even talk to to find out because it ain't me. Because I don't know yet. <laughs> but if I do, I am planning on being within earshot of the crashing waves. Yeah. And I am just going to sit there and whatever we talk about, I'm just like, you know what, man? It's all good. <laughs> it's going to be all right. Although today I got to have one of those fun days at work where everything got set to a very specific court date to where as I'm sitting there on the beach, I'm going to know. That what is waiting for me when I come back is and and, and a wise man once told me you can't pre-stress about it. You can't that. pre-stress about it. You can't. You, you gotta let it go until you're at least really stressed about it. You can't be stressed yep. about it in advance before the vacation it's, even starts. I am going to pretend that it doesn't exist. It doesn't. And I am very excited about that. Like, I'm gonna get some emergency call my first week, and I'm gonna be like. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm not even a lawyer. 
<laughs> they'll be like, yes, you're. I'll be like, vacation Seth is not a lawyer. Vacation Seth is not certified. Yep, vacation Seth. I'm in Florida. I'm not pra- I'm not licensed to practice law here. Hey, the only bar you're pa- the vacation Seth is passing is the drink bar. Am I right? But you're still passing it because of who I, you are as a I'm person. I'm still passing on it. I'll take a delicious fresca, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe a real, uh, a nice, refreshing iced water. <laughs> Maybe if I'm feeling a real crazy, something like a root beer. Whoa. I don't know. I don't know. I, I got to see what the Bible says about that. Maybe even eventually something with a little caffeine. Well, it's hard to say. All right. I don't. Okay. Don't say, hey, don't say anything you can't take back. All right. Podcaster forever. It uh, depends on, it depends on what my hot wife, who I'm deeply afraid of and <laughs> might be waiting for me, thinks. <laughs> That's right. Four bingo spots at once. That is the game is over on this. You, you can't. This is for future episodes now because I think we've. Uh, oh, I think we filled up the. Uh, there's a blackout now. We've we've the first episode since the bingo card, and we are working towards the blackout. Um, <laughs> so anyway, with all that being said, uh, Seth, you haven't missed much in in way of podcast so far. It's mostly been me and Nate talking about the weather and the bingo card. Uh, but that means that we have all the news of today to work through as a group here. And uh, yes. the news that we had just a little bit ago is not very good news. Uh, because right before we were sitting down to record, the Chiefs announced that they've placed McCole Hardman on injured reserve. He was out last week with an abdomen. That was just, ab- you know, McCole Hardman, parentheses, abdomen. He's on IR now, which means he's not only missed the last game, but he'll miss at least the next four. So a minimum of five total games. I always wonder what happens whenever somebody misses some time and then gets put on IR. And we learned with Trent McDuffie that the short-term IR does not necessarily mean you'll be back in four games. So, mm-hmm. um, Nate, first, tell me what you think you know about this, and then um, we can talk about what the Chiefs are going to do without Hardman out there. Yeah, um, to your point, Josh, I think everybody can circle Christmas Eve, September, or excuse me, December 24th against the Seattle Seahawks at home as a potential landing spot for McCall Hartman to return. Um, you know, when he's eligible, they'll play the Houston Texans on December 18th. Um, but but like you mentioned, Andy wants to, like, make sure, sure, you're back. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, your abdomen's kind of tied to your whole body. Mm-hmm. Can't really escape it. Uh, <laughs> look, I think I said last week that, like, this was precautionary, which was true at the time. Um but I think they did more tests. I think there was more medical attention paid to McColl, um, who was. We talked about this before the before we started recording, Josh. But like he was live tweeting, so yeah, I look, I look forward to that being a part of the next four games. Um, Him and Frank were having fun. Yeah, given his given their you know given his thoughts during the game, even though obviously he can't be out there. But yeah. Um, This is, I think, in some ways precautionary, but also, like, the injury just didn't get better mm. from when he had it, uh, or from when it first occurred, I should say, which was against the Tennessee Titans. And I think if people remember, it was on the punt return where it was clear, you know, I think they were down, and Dave Tobe was like, well, we're not putting Sky back there. We had already mm. done sort of our trick play with Justin Watson as like the secondary returner down the sideline. So, hey, if we need a home run play, he's our best home run guy, even though Kadarius Tony was just added to the team. Um, and look, McCall tried to make a play. He got kind of sandwiched between, you know, two defenders and, and, and the turf. Um, and now he'll be out. So I think some people take McCall Hartman's production and value um they don't appreciate it as much mm-hmm. in the grander context of the offense for this season. Uh, obviously, he's, you know, I know fans are bringing history as to how they've watched him over the course of his four seasons. But I just want to remind people, uh, McCole Hartman has scored six touchdowns this season. Wow. No other receiver can say that. So this has a bit of significance towards this part of the season um, with the hope that, like, he'll be healthy and fully functional when the postseason begins. Um, but, yeah, like, in terms of someone who gets in the end zone on the plus side of the field, he was the best to do that outside of Travis Kelsey. Well, so, Seth, tell me if you agree with this, because we were having this conversation on the radio a few weeks back. I don't know if it was during the bye week or, 
you know, right before, after the Tony trade, before we'd seen him play much or whatever it was. It was, it was a little bit ago, but certainly before um, Tony against the Jags. And I was asking, hey, who do you think the third most important pass catcher on the Chiefs is um, behind Travis Kelsey and Juju? And I I was ready to say it was McCole Hardman. I, I still kind of think it might be, although Kadarius Tony's specific skill set makes this an interesting, different conversation. But pre-Tony, I was I was really buying into that because I, I do think, like Nate says, there can be some some uh, long-lasting sort of uh, first impressions of McCole Hardman, perhaps still following him around a little bit. But now also that, that Tony is out there, I'm not sure how that changes the game. Obviously, when we involve Juju here in a second, we can expand the receiving game even more. But what do you make of all that, Seth? I think it it's a bummer, obviously, having Hardman out. It's it's a double bummer having him out at the same time as as Juju Smith-Schuster, who I, I would be shocked if Smith-Schuster played yeah. Sunday. Like, I, I, it just is not going to happen. Um, it's a triple bummer if MVS is out, too. Yeah. Um, I think it looks like they're going to try to have him go. Um, kind of need him out there. Because um, if he's out, then it becomes what? More Watson, Tony? Yeah. Those are your three guys. And I think this is a, I want, I'm a, a preview of a take I was going to have, but I think that list you just listed there is in inverse order of playing time. I could very easily see that because Moore's playing time hasn't necessarily increased. Um and it's not we haven't seen a, a, an up ramp in production with his snap count going up a little bit. And we'll we'll see how things go with him. I you know, this stuff takes time. The problem is sometimes you run out of time mm-hmm. and that'll be an interesting thing. A lot a lot's going to ride on more, um, regardless of whether MVS plays or not, because it, it's going to really affect things is if one thing he's going to get more opportunities like that is. Mm-hmm. 100% true. I do think McCole Hardman being out hurts less with Tony on the team. And that's simply because of replication of skill set. Yeah. Um, Sky Moore can't really do the things, in my opinion, that McCole Hardman does best. He doesn't have that same explosive speed. And I really don't think, I think the thing that Sky Moore does well are like normal receiver things, right? Getting clean releases, running through contact, looking smooth in his breaks, strong hands. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that I think the Chiefs drafted him for. Honestly, so far this year at times, at least they started off thinking, oh, we're going to get you involved early the same way we did with Hill and Hardman. But he doesn't have that skill set. Yeah, That's not really... The jet sweeps that they tried running with him early, that's not his thing. He doesn't have the same burst that they do. Um, he doesn't have the same burst that Tony does. Right. He's got decent speed, but it's not great speed mm-hmm. like it is with Hardman and Hill. And he doesn't have the same wiggle that Tony does. You right? Know, you know who's taking the... Who's probably taking more of his snaps than I think fans may realize for all these reasons you're mentioning, Seth? Hmm. It's Justin Watson. Yep. Yeah. Like, Justin Watson's been good for yeah. the fifth receiver who's also taking snaps away from the second-round pick rookie. Like, he's just, he's good. And, um, you know, I think, like, Justin Watson may be a part of Sunday's game just like he was in the first meeting between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Hmm. Absolutely. And that's where, when, when your skill set... The way Andy Reid has gotten receivers involved early over the last few years with the Chiefs, and really for most of his time with the Chiefs, is the niche, niche, niche? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I just take, no, I like this new Seth that just takes a different pronunciation every time. And then so that way you're, you're pretty much, you're pretty much guaranteed to get it right eventually. I guarantee, yeah, guarantee, sink. Sank, sunk. Wow. Anyway, a little little Grinch action for you as Christmas starts to approach. Um, it was stink, was it? Anyway, so the the interesting thing with what Reed's done with Hardman and Hill are the two most obvious examples. Is he's tried to get them involved with the 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 fancy stuff, mm-hmm. the jet sweeps, the screens, those things that are just a little more their skill set. And trying to weave in a more traditional, because even though Sky Moore's a little undersized, he's more of a traditional wide receiver with his skill set. And that's just going to take longer. 
and that's a bummer. And we'll see, because maybe, and you know, we're way too early to say this, maybe it just turns out that he, it, it just doesn't quite translate to the pros. That happens, happens all the time with talented college receivers, especially ones that flourish at, you know, a little lesser, against a little lesser competition. But I do think that's why you could see a competent guy. You know, Justin Watson's probably not a top three receiver on, on most teams, but he's probably the number four receiver on most. Mm-hmm. And that's, it gets a little harder to leapfrog guys that way. We talk about this all the time. Is he, is he better than Demarcus Robinson? Yeah. Because that, that was what this season was supposed to be designed for, right? Right. Do you improve on Demarcus Robinson? Whereas if Moore came in and he was competing against Robinson for snaps, would he see more of the field now? Would he be... Because an increase in snaps doesn't mean an increase of um, legitimate target options. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're running, if you're if you're running a couple of deep posts to clear out some space for Kelsey underneath, yeah, Mahomes might find you, but the defense is usually going to just follow you, and there you go. So I do think that the the existence of Justin Watson as a relatively competent fourth receiver that might feel like side eye that I'm giving him there, but I'm not. It, it's hard to replace those guys. It's called the Andrew Wiley complex. You know, I'm going to have everyone mad at me when I'm when I'm writing about uh, about uh, Tega. Oh no, you skipped Tega. No, no, don't, don't even, don't even, don't, don't help. No, me. Don't no, help I'm me. not going to. No, no, it's I'm not going to. It's Tega Wanogo, right? Mm. Oh, how how is that wrong? There's no way that's wrong. How Zoe? How 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 is Rocky going to eat that? <laughs> I just expected you to call him Prince. <laughs> I I can't do that because there's only I'm from Minnesota. There's only one Prince, Josh. Okay. Wow. Well, so the, the right tackle, formerly known as Prince. Prince. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Winogo. Take a Winogo. I'm 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 sticking with it. I got it right. It's all about Winogo? the confidence. All you got to do is say it with confidence. Yeah. No. But that's you got very nervous true. in that we all got the point and watch you try to land that land that like backflip. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it was no, kind of wobbly, and so you don't get that many points. <laughs> no one would have noticed if I just stuck my arms up at the end with a big old smile, yeah. like I just nailed it. Yeah, if you would have said, so, you know what, I get done with my Prince Tego and Ogo film review here in a little bit. I don't know that people are going to. And at that point, they've already yep, forgotten they he just said his name. They would have. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, when I'm, I'm doing his film review, I'm writing it up right now. I'm a little delayed. People think that it's easy to replace average NFL players, and it's not. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why guys like Justin Watson are on rosters year after year after year as hundreds and 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 honestly like a thousand every year guys enter the league or try to enter the league because it's really hard to replace average NFL talent. Mm-hmm. And so we'll we'll kind of see what happens there. I, I I still have high hopes for Sky Moore. I know it's easy for people to move on quickly. Um but I, I think that he's going to I think he's going to surprise people at this point. The the take I was sort of backpedaling towards, it honestly makes me feel like maybe I'm like living in some Pollyannish dream world because I don't what I found interesting from myself when I saw the Hardman news was I went and I picked up Kadarius Tony in one fantasy league where he was still available. And I what? thought, boy, I hope I know that's where we're at, that's where we've arrived to is how can that be? But I uh, I went and checked my fantasy leagues for Kadarius Tony. And then I thought, boy, I really hope that MVS is pretty healthy. I need to ask Nate about all that. And then I saw a tweet of somebody saying, lots of opportunities coming for Sky Moore. And that was the first time I thought of his name. It just in that like 10 minute little window of kind of calibrating from from that announcement. And I am in no way like out on Sky Moore permanently, but I'm pretty far out on Sky Moore in 2022, I think. Uh, but I, that was that was my assumption coming into this year in large part. I, I never got so super optimistic about him certainly being like a number one receiver this year, um, partially because of the small school Andy Reid offense thing. I, I think patience with Sky Moore is still totally justified, but I had absolutely no interest in, you know, for another comparison, pulling up his name in fantasy to see if he was available. Cause I know he is cause mm. that's just where we're at right now. So um, I don't, I thought that was an interesting little snapshot where Seth, I don't know if you're even more, down on on Sky Moore right now, or you're afraid that more people are because you you took an even 
sharper angle on it, I thought. Um, Nate, do you get a feel for, for where Sky Moore actually is and when you're talking about being able to jump over Justin Watson on, on the depth chart? Um, just check. Tony's not available in my league. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll give one quick scene. It was yesterday, Wednesday. Um, and as I understand this, even before we're allowed to be in the locker room, you know, based on the situation, and I just want to make it clear to everybody here, this will be the first game this season where Patrick Mahomes will not have his number one and number two receiver. You want to know how many times that happened last season, guys? Hmm. Zero. Yeah. Now, I know. I know, ma'am, that you're going to say, what about Travis Kelsey? And that's fine. He will still be on the field Sunday in SoFi Stadium. We all know how he ended the game last year. But in terms of people on the outside or in the slot that are with WR next to their name, this is this is another sort of new challenge for this offense, for Mahomes, for the idea that this is supposed to be a, a spread it out, balanced, kind of unpredictable offense to some extent compared to obviously what we saw last year. But his two best receivers last year were, based on skill set and production, McCole Hartman and Tyreek Hill. Uh, this year it's Juju Smith-Schuster and McCole Hartman. They will not be on the field. Where did I go when I entered the locker room, guys? Where them receivers at? Got you got to find him. Where they at? Now, Sky Moore said hello to me, picked up his notebook, went right back to the receiver's, receiver's room. Hmm. So he was, <laughs> he was um, creating separation. That's great to see. Getting some additional time to just, you know, go over some game plan stuff, some plays, maybe, I don't know, drawn up for him. Uh, might want to get another look at who might be in the secondary for the mm-hmm. Los Angeles Chargers. Needless to say, there hasn't been a single quote all week from the receivers. Hmm. The circumstance has dictated we get in as much work as we actually can before yeah. Sunday's game. Just a an interesting note here. And I, man, it's a bummer that that Smith Schuster is likely going to miss this game because you know through nine games he's got 615 yards. He's on pace for you know an 1100 yard season, give or take. Mm-hmm. I mean that good for him. Um, Valdez Scantling. Now Hardman has more touchdowns. Yes, Valdez Scantling has like almost 150 more yards. Correct. Now he is. Now here's the thing, though, with Valdez Scantling. We talked about it before. It was a couple games back, right? We had three catches for 111 yards, and I was like, "Yes, that's it. That's his stat line. That's what you want from your deep threat." Or you know, against uh, against the Jags, the one time the game was like kind of, sorta, you know, it could have swung a certain way if like five bad things happened in a row, which is Chiefs fans make us go <gasps> like, you know, assuming it's going to you, the tension in the in the stadium was palpable. My wife leans over. She's like, aren't they still winning by 10? The other team has barely moved the ball all day. And I was like, look, woman, for one, I've never been more attracted to you. In my life. For two, seriously, never been more attracted to you. But for three, you don't understand the psyche here that we expect it to keep going wrong. So, but but when that was happening, who made now Mahomes' throw down the field to MVS was incredible. Excellent. But that catch was also just beautiful. And all you need out of MVS, and they they're trying, they keep trying to get more out of him. I'm afraid they're going to this game because he does not have Juju skills set. He just does not. But you can if you can get two big plays out of him in a game, you you're you're it just changes everything. Mm-hmm. And so we'll we'll see if he can line up, you know. And oh, the other thing, like actual whatever, I would expect to see more thirteen personnel this game. Like you know, who's been playing pretty well lately? Noah Gray. Yeah, you know I still really like yeah. Jody Fortson. And so they might just say, "Hey, the Chargers, they have some trouble stopping the run at times." Yes, they do. But, but you know who's a much better ball player now than he was in Week Two? Isaiah Pacheco. Yep. And so, you know, who's not as hurt? Orlando Brown and Trey Smith. So, like, that, what they could do is run out a lot of 13 and say, hey, 
We're going to run the ball. We're going to do some play action stuff. We're going to see how you do covering our tight ends as you're terrified of Kelsey. And, you know, if we're running 13, well, let's run 13 with just MBS or Kadarius Tony out there. We don't need more receivers then. So I could see a lot of that too. And that's one great thing about the tight end group they have this year is they're very comfortable playing that game. A couple of... In the, la- in the last three games, real quick, because um, I, I, I looked at it earlier... Um, Mahomes has targeted MVS nine times in the last three games. Uh, he's generated seven receptions for 183 yards, and obviously mm. he scored a touchdown, his first touchdown of the season last week against the Jaguars. So on on a couple of like kind of housekeeping notes here, since we're talking about the running game a little bit, um, first of all, Andrew Wiley not on the injury report this week. Good on that front, it sounds like? He will play. He will start. Um, so, yes. Seth, I, still do, I am still curious what you've seen from Prince, formerly known as at right tackle, um, as you've sort of begun to work through that again. That'll come up in the newsletter shortly. Also on the offensive side, um, Jarrett McKinnon limited again. But Nate, what did you make of them putting in a claim for Eno Benjamin? He he was waived this week. Uh, several teams put in a claim. I think four maybe. So the Chiefs obviously didn't end up landing him. Um, but I thought that was kind of interesting. I saw somebody say, hey, if they had him, maybe they could grant Ronald Jones his release. I don't know if what role Benjamin would have played. I don't know what that says about any of those running backs. But I was I was I was at least uh, intrigued by that. A few things. Um, Jarrett McKinnon is a really, really valuable player for this offense. Mm-hmm. But it's check notes November seventeenth. Yep. Also checks the roster sheet. Yep. Um, he five nine two oh nine. Um. He blocked the living daylights out of the number one pick in last week's game. Yep. But there's a price to pay with that. One other He's stat a, you didn't mention is 30, which is his age. Yep, which is attrition. Yep. Um, I think it's left shoulder, left hamstring, left body. <laughs> we got to put something down, Jerry. Yep. My whole left side, dog. <laughs> we got to put something down. All right, shoulder, hamstring. Thanks. Thanks, Jared. Um, now, he's going to play on Sunday, but there is that part of like, okay, this is the one running back on the roster who's showing some level of, you know, hey, the, the grind of the season, as mm-hmm. they say. Now, for the what is going on with Ronald Jones? I don't know, dog. All right, good. Well, me neither. <laughs> Now, people will say, and I'm glad you asked this question to me, Josh, because now I'm trying to peel back a little bit of a different layer. Hey, why'd they, why'd they put in a claim on so-and-so? Even though they're picking from check notes, like, what, 30, 29, yeah, 30? Yeah, something yeah. Based, based on where they ended up. Um, I, think they're, I think they're picking from 30th, because I think the 49ers had a worse record in the conference of the conference finalists. Oh, so they're picking 30th, basically. I think they're on in-season rankings now, but I don't know what that would put them oh. either, so. Yeah, because that, you're right, because that changes once you, like, for instance, like, when the season begins, obviously, we don't know who's good or who's bad right. based on record. At some point, I can't remember when the threshold is based on the calendar. It does change. It might be right after the trade deadline, um, but that's, like, CBA minutiae. Yeah. Anyway, guess what, guys? They're atop the AFC standings. Yeah. So virtually, it's like the same thing. Yeah, it, it also might like, be 30th still after all <laughs> you're that. You're picking yeah. for 30. Now, what you could always tell someone when, I don't know, for agency, trades, they out here on the street. Well, you know, we're putting a claim for you. Mm. you, know, we, like what you we like what you, we like what we saw. Hmm. You know, if so-and-so didn't da-da-da-da-da, <laughs> You know, we can make things we can make things right for you. Now couldn't we? You know? So I'm just saying, like, you know, keep us in mind. You know? Tell you tell you tell you tell your client we put in a claim for him, even though we know the Jack's gonna probably get him. That's fine. We playing a long game, girl. A long game. <laughs> so pre go ahead and pre order your Benjamin jerseys for next year. Or just repurpose your Kelvin Benjamin ones because I know there gotta be a lot of those out there in Time Czar's nation. Just change the number up a little bit. I don't remember what he wore here, but you can figure it out. 
Look, he might have been the first guy to offer you the first drink at the bar. That's fine. Let it, let it play out. Then come back to me. But just know, I told the bartender, hey, hey, I'm claim 30. <laughs> let, let, let him roll through. <laughs> My claim ticket says 30. And I still, I still, I still am interested in having a nice conversation over a glass of something, something. This is incredible. This is a part of waiver claims that I've never even considered. Welcome to Time Czars. Nate has opened your your third eye to uh, to the truth of of the NFL free agency hotel bar. I mean that right there. That's a whole. That's like a gridiron Heights skit waiting to happen. I I think you gotta you gotta sell that one, Nate. I, that I hope that's why people come here for such. That's why I'm here. Such such uh. Such insights that are quite legitimate, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so that is so good. That implies even more. Um, now, Seth, I, you already said I know that again working on the Prince review and that you're behind on some some real life things and or, or that's making the uh, the newsletter a little delayed. But are you into some of the snaps on him? And you, you say you feel like you've got maybe some some news that not everyone's going to be as excited about from his performance. Well, I've reviewed every snap. Okay. I'm actually about halfway through the article. Hey, by the end of this um, episode, it might be done. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried so hard. I have sat here and done <laughs> nothing. We you guys have talked. I've accomplished nothing. Nothing, yes. But, but Seth, you could be listening. Don't be sick. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've sat here like a useless lump of nothing oh, well, when, when you guys have talked rather than getting stuff done and therefore lowered my value <laughs> and my worth because what am I really worth if I'm not working? Boy, that right there. There's, you want to talk about peeling back the onion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ooh. yeah. We've we've gone to a place, guys, and I'm not sure how to get out. <laughs> Every day, I'm afraid the magic will go away. Okay, no, I'm not gonna say. So, um, the interesting thing with with Tegawanago, Tegawanogo. Yeah, great. You say just say we'll figure it out. You're good. And so he. I had a lot of people ask me to review his film. I'm sure by now I'll post it, and they'll be like, "Well, you're too late now." I'll be like, "I know." And the the. A lot of people said, well, it looks like he vastly outplayed Wiley. That was the reason a lot of people asked me to Really? Him. Yeah. Wow. And people have the back Here's of what the I will say. Even when it's a tackle. I mean, that's true. Well, I mean, the opening the opening line here this week, and Seth just reads things that he writes on the Chief of yes, North Newsletter. Let's do it. There's an old saying that the backup quarterback is the most hey. popular guy in town. When you're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, that's never going to be true, but it sure can be applied elsewhere. And so people are optimistic about what they don't know. Now I'm talking again. I'm done reading. Um, they, they, they like what they don't know. And when they see something and it's not immediately what they were hoping for, they kind of move on. We're seeing that with Sky Moore right now, right? Like if, if all these injuries had happened in week one, everyone would be like, Sky Moore season! Or like week four when he'd shown some real flashes, mm-hmm. right? But then after a little time, it was like, oh, no, he must suck. That that's It always happens, whatever. Um. That's what's happened to Andrew Wiley, the unknown. And so immediately people are looking for something. If you look for something, you'll find it. Here's the good news. Um, Tega Winogo, he didn't play bad. He didn't play poorly. He didn't play really well either. And he demonstrated what I think are some traits that are, you know what? Long arms and a strong punch, a little bit of footwork movement. You can you can build something around that. Yeah, we can work with this. Yep. Uh, now, lack of lower body strength and some balance issues that becomes problematic. He had some really good reps. He had a few really good reps. He had a few really bad reps, and the Chiefs helped him a lot. There was a lot of hey Noah Gray, before you go ahead and run that route, I'm gonna need you to run into that defensive end for a minute. Mm-hmm. And not just like one of those like kind of token chips, but like actually do it. Or hey. We're going to do a little play action. We're going to have Mahomes roll left. Or, hey, we're probably going to slide Trey Smith that direction so you know you can cheat outside to where if he turns back inside, he's going to get hurt. The, there are things you do to help a guy. And they did. And overall, because of that, his performance was okay. But I, I think it's probably a good thing that Andrew Wiley's back. That seems eminently reasonable, so I'm I'm good with that. Uh, I think that we're good on the offensive side here, unless there's anything else that I've 
uh, missed this week. And the defense has some things on it, both from the Chiefs defense and from the Chargers offense, because, oh, yeah, there's a primetime game coming just around the corner here. Uh, But I was literally I finished reading this story two minutes before the McCole Hardman tweet came out. Um, I was I've, you know, on vacation when I hadn't yet read Nate's piece. I think we actually went up yesterday or two days ago about Nick Bolton and all these different guys telling different stories about Nick Bolton. And it's just stupendous. If you haven't read it, um, Nate did a great job making a lot of uh, in-house things very easy to understand as the reader. And it just it by the end, you go, oh, yeah, OK. So I completely understand why Spags and why Willie Gay and why Justin Reed and all of his defensive teammates here. I understand why all these guys love Nick Bolton. And also, you'll understand some of the things that Nick Bolton does that's not just hitman make tackle. So I, I love I love a story that does that. Nate, you uh, you you got my, yeah. And you know what? I need to go double check and make sure I hit the big green button at the bottom of the athletic that I always oh, make sure do, to do. Oh, please do, Let me go. Yeah. Let me go crack it open. Everybody, go hit the big green button on Nate's uh, Nick Bolton story. It, it really is stupendous. Um, but Nate, I just wanted to see if there's anything else, any any stories from that one that didn't make the story, or uh, anything just left on the cutting room floor, or anything. Uh, that you would add as even more context to uh, to the Chiefs with Nick Bolton because it's just it's just worth it's worth your time. That's the the simple endorsement. <laughs> no, no, I, I I appreciate it. Um, you know there was there were some things that some guys said, and I actually might look up here in my notes uh, on my computer to see if there was something that that jumped out that I that I didn't use. But uh, but no, man, you you perfectly like summarized it like. You know, we had a Nick Bolton discussion earlier in the season, which was kind of when I was starting to think about, you know, the format and how to tell the story, you know, slightly differently. Um, because I was starting to learn that, like, there's 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 so much thought process to playing defense in the NFL mm-hmm. that just is mind blowing on a, a down to down snap to snap scenario. Um, and Nick Bolton's just supremely gifted beyond just what you see on the field, which is him, yes, <laughs> driving dudes to the ground. Um, I think the biggest takeaway is that I had a really, um, I think, authentic and heartfelt conversation with Steve Spagnuolo, and it's clear to me, and I think hopefully clear to the reader, that like um, Steve Spagnuolo loves Nick <laughs> And I don't think anybody has you know, try to explain that. Cause again, he's only a second year player. Um, but it's, 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 it's real. It's evident. Um, and again, you should check it out if you have the chance. Uh, but no, like trying to understand what the other team is doing and staying ahead, but also being responsible for your teammates. And I don't know, um, sometimes, you know, doing things that are not, uh, you know, that are not really taught, I guess, um, is is really cool. But, no, it was fun to do. Um, he leads the team in tackles. He's going to lead the team in tackles all season. Um, and he's, like, quietly, I think, becoming one of the better middle linebackers in the league. And he's doing it at a faster rate than, than most players at his position. Uh, Seth, I think also when we have talked about Nick Bolton on this show – you and I are occasionally the ones that like to go, well, listen, everybody. And maybe maybe the Mizzou Chiefs uh, Twitter combo is not always the most uh, fun one to get hit as Nick Bolton has hit many before him. Uh, so I don't I don't know uh, if you've had a chance to read Nate's story. Again, I know that we've all been quite busy for different reasons. You're saving the world. I'm on vacation. Um, but I, I do think that that whole conversation about the linebacker group really becomes a, a compelling one. Even if even if you do, like, and I think we should include this, right? Even when you talk about Nick Bolton's limitations, that's all a part of the, the, the equation. I don't think Nick Bolton's going to be wearing anything other than a red uniform for a while. Certainly, obviously, for the duration of his rookie deal, but just by that by by that from Spags, I I wonder if Spags is gonna try to keep him around for as long as possible. Um, I don't know. Do you uh, do you do you recalibrate anything defensively at this point of the year? Watching Nick Bolton, seeing the things that um, have and haven't worked for the defense, both the the things that Bolton himself does really well and the the places where he's still got room to improve. Just 
keep Willie Gay Jr. on the field and make sure that you've got someone up front that is able to eat a block for a Mm -hmm. second. Because if you if Bolton's got the space to to work his way downhill or even a little bit sideline to sideline, if he's got the space, he can he can do some really game wrecking stuff. Excellent tackler, all those things. Just help him. Help him help you. Mm. You know? Because he's got a skill set. It's just don't ask him to be Willie Gay Jr. Because mm-hmm. my man can't move like Willie Gay Jr. He just very few people can. The guy yeah, I was going to say, like very, very few people are yeah. Willie Gay. Woo. Right. And so I, I thought it was an awesome piece. And it's really cool to hear like the mental processing side of things. We kind of realized that, I think, when last year, just out of the gate, they're like, you know what we ought to do is we ought to give Nick Bolton a lot of snaps. <laughs> And we all knew how Spags felt about line rookie linebackers. So I think it was pretty obvious he's picked up on the mental side of stuff quickly out of the gate. Yeah, and that stuff's important. And I think like underrepresented in our general conversations, because you can't always see. Sometimes I'm sure you, you see it, Seth, when you're looking at the all 22 and whatnot. But like you can't always see that someone thinking quickly I on the uh, right. the play against the Titans. That's in the story that we all talked about afterwards. Like we all saw that. I'm like, oh, he knew something was coming over there. Those moments are incredible. But boy, they're rare. Sometimes you're just like, ah, oh, there he goes. Uh, Bolton on a run blitz. And then you read Spags's comments here and you go, oh, he just did that. Huh? OK, cool. Uh, that worked out. Or I don't remember. It was a second have been a run blitz then. But whatever. Um, I don't know. There's there's lots of good stories like that in in that piece. Uh, the, the place for the Chiefs defense, I want to get your guys' heat check on for this game, though, as uh, our, our colleague Daniel Popper tweeted out earlier this afternoon, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both practicing for a second straight day. They can bring it. The, uh, the Chargers... Oh, okay. See, the Chargers are getting a little healthy in time for prime time against the Chiefs this time around. Uh, you guys both made noises and said various little catchphrases when I gave you that news. This is the... Uh, we are really... Just going up the stairway to see just how talented Trent McDuffie is Ooh. if Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are on the field. Because uh, if they both are, he's going to be matched up against one of them dudes for the majority of the game. Um, again, as long as they stay healthy. It's, by the way, some weeks it's really instructive to like look at what the other team has done over the last four weeks. Don't do that with the Chargers. Yeah. Don't. Nope. Don't do it. Scrap it. Um <sighs> he throwing to he just throwing to anybody and everybody on their team, man. Because <laughs> that's how many injuries they have. Um, but look, if we think Austin Eckler is good, and we know Everett, the tight end, has been okay at times, and, and at other times he's been so gassed that Jalen Watson is still running down the field <laughs> um, with the football. Okay, but like if you get the two wide receivers, then like that's a nice collection of of skill position players to at least present some level of challenge that the Chiefs haven't had in the Jaguars or the Titans game. Um, you know, it's fascinating. They they probably caught the 49ers at like literally the right time because mm-hmm. you know only Christian McCaffrey could only play in the first half according to the game script. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. But again, their quarterback, not as good as Justin Herbert, obviously. So, this is going to be real nice for Trent McDuffie. I know he feels like he's doing everything correct. Um, he has apparently heard all of us talk about like how little this man is. Because <laughs> um, he was like, look, I study what they do. I know they taller than me. I know they longer than me. Watch me get inside their jerseys, mm-hmm. y'all. That's basically what he was saying um, yesterday. <laughs> before Wednesday's practice was like, so you mean to tell me you think Mike Williams gonna gonna moss me? Watch me be in this man's chest pads. Yes. I like it. Although if uh you know if they call a pass interference, it's more or less the same thing um mm-hmm. in terms of um I I McDuffie is interesting to me. I, I saw someone was 
saying that like he was credited for giving up like seven catches for 80 yards or something against the Jags. And I was like, I should go rewatch that. I don't know when, like, maybe, <laughs> I, like, I, like, I really, I know he gave up one deep down the sideline. Yeah, that's that's the only one that I feel like counts. Um, it, you know, but but it depends on how you how you see the nearest defender the, on the some cup. other ones. Yeah, or something. It, yeah, it, I, I yeah. just I genuinely don't I know when that zone <clears throat> stuff. I never really trust it, honestly, in terms of like catches given up. It's like you're the nearest defender, mm-hmm. just because you're in zone. That doesn't. Well, anyway, um. I do think that, you know, it's not like McDuffie's incredibly small. You know, he's not like this 5'8 corner out there. You know, he's not McMillan. That's a pull from back in the day. Yeah. Mighty Mouse. Yeah, Mighty Mouse. (laughs) Man, the flex, that was always so great. Um, That was where they had Mighty Mouse and Spider-Man on the team at the same time. Oh, what a time, man. How they not win a Super Bowl? Like, anyway. Well, you know, quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) So... The uh, the the thing is, he's got enough size to give, you know, to, to where he can put up a good fight on those things. And that's where I, it's easy to get hung up on that. And size does make a difference. But body control, timing, intelligence to the ball. Like, I mean, like all that stuff matters way more than just pure size. It's just like all else being equal. It's better to be 6'3 than 5'11". I'm going to need somebody to cut out everything Seth just said in the last 30 seconds out of context and tweet that to us. Um, If someone could do that, please. I think you probably already heard it. You know. No, nothing. Go ahead. It is better, like, all else being equal. It's better to be 6'3 than 5'11". Yeah, no, I think I bet somebody's going to listen to that and think, I got you, Josh, and they're going to tweet it at us, and you're going to hear it again, and it's going to be awesome. Man, oh man, did I just do like a Brooklyn Nine Nine Boyle thing? Like, you, you are you not hearing what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Oh, hey, is that, is that the, I was trying to make that a reference to. I couldn't remember what the show was that was doing that. I wonder if that was a Brooklyn Nine Nine reference I was trying to make. Anyway, yeah. Like, do you not hear yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's good that's okay. You know. This that's is a recorded. This is recorded medium, so you can go back later and listen if you want. And uh, if you just hit, you know, back forty five seconds on your podcasting app, you're gonna really enjoy that. So. Oh, good. Good to know. Um, but anyway, I I'm excited to see him play. Um, regardless of of whatever size issues may or may not exist, I think he can make up for it with effort. So, uh, like, was that was that one on purpose? Uh, I don't know what you're talking so, about. No, so that one was. Uh, let's get into predictions territory then. Here, I guess, because uh, I think we've hit the main things of of this week. And I'll, I'll tell you this: with all of the wide receiver co- talk that we've just had here. I'm a little bit worried about the Chiefs pass catchers and I'm a little bit worried about the Chargers pass catchers, but in inverse ways, all from the Chiefs perspective. Um, And so if I was going to have to plop a score on it, I just looked at the line just because I hadn't seen it all week. And I think the Chiefs are favored by four or five. I'm surprised by that um, because this just this feels like one of those Chiefs Chargers games to me where, where I'm legit like thinking. 27 26 and I don't even know how they end up at 26 but I I really think I mean 27 24 is a nice easy uh easily divisible one maybe the Chiefs score a bunch of touchdowns and Harrison Bucker misses an extra point uh but I I think the Chiefs are the better team I, I think the quarterback advantage will will wash some of that out but I could see the Chargers offense having its best day in in a little while with with Allen and Williams both theoretically both playing and I could see the Chiefs having one of those Stretches where like Canarius Tony feasts, but then on another drive you go, oh, you know what would have really been nice to have there? Juju Smith Schuster, and and then they get you know the offense gets stuck and they stall out. Um, I, I could just see a, a whole lot of that happening at, at various points, but I I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs by uh, by less than the spread. If I was the Chargers, this is a kitchen sink game on offense. Yeah. Guys, I don't know what we got to do to get to 30, but we got to do it. Um, I know they won't have McCole Harmon, and they probably won't have Juju Smith-Schuster. You still need to score 30. Um, Trick plays, flea flickers, in the rounds, double reverses, double passes. What you got? Put it all, put it on out there. Uh, for the Chargers defense, ain't no kitchen sink. Actually, drop all 11 and pray you hold them to field goals. Pray you get some turnovers. Uh, don't blitz this man. That being said, I think 
the Chiefs will win on a very roller coaster as yeah. Harrison Bucker field goal. It would be really funny if Butker missed another extra point and hit like a 60-yarder game winner, and we all still have no idea what to think. I think that's perfect. I will say Butker would have to miss a lot of extra points for me to get worried about a game winner specifically. Because as he, I think he's missed like one of those. I'm just, I'm very comfortable. I'm more comfortable right now with Harrison Butker kicking a 55-yard for the game than I am a regular extra point. (laughs) Which is a weird place to be, but whatever. Um, I think this is going to be a weird game. I'm already calling it in advance because it's the Chargers. It's a divisional game. Low-key, really important game in a lot of ways. Um, Just because there's a huge opportunity for the Chiefs to take uh, a big lead in, in the AFC West. Like a borderline insurmountable one. Barring, you know, going on, you know, like you, you, they'd have to go on a legitimate losing streak um, if they beat the Chargers here because it doesn't appear that the Raiders and the Broncos are going to be doing a whole lot. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and I mean, that would put if the Chargers lose, because if they win, you know, now now they've they've evened up the tiebreaker. They've come within one game. If they lose. They're five and five compared to eight and two, and they've lost the tiebreaker. No matter what else happens, I, I mean, with with less than half the season to go, how do you make that up? How do you make up four games in an eight game span? Like you'd need to hope the Chiefs lose like five straight. So this is a chance for the Chiefs to be like, okay, AFC West accomplished. Um, I think I think they pull it off. I think they win by a field goal. Yeah, that that all feels about right, and uh, unfortunately, it means we don't let the uh, the dear listeners uh, fill out the bingo spot of everyone says Chiefs by seven because we've all said Chiefs oh. by about three. So take that, everybody, three or fewer, but we're all on the same page there. Uh, go check out Nate's piece on Nick Bolton up on theAthletic.com. Seth's Prince Tego Wanogo film review at mnchiefsfan.substack.com. You can follow all of us on Twitter, although I'm not sure. I just saw a couple of tweets. I haven't been on Twitter in several days. It's been wonderful, but I just poked my head back in, and it looks like it's not going great right now. Uh, but if Twitter still exists, at RealMNChiefsFan, at ByNateTaylor, at JB Briscoe there. Uh, or, you know, you want to follow me on TikTok. I've only posted one thing ever, but I, that might – I don't know I don't know where the, uh, where the migration is going to be. Um, you can uh, send snail mail to me at my home address, which is um, care of Seth Kaiser. And Seth, what was your address again? I You can find me at Real MN Chiefs Fan on the site that is going to exist. Everyone call me. Okay, but if, but if we did want to mail things directly to your house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can find. Man, I wish I knew your address. That's what I just did. I just did the same bit, and we did it back at each other. So like, well, send stuff to Nate, and then he'll get it to us. And uh, I don't know. Our schedule might be a little bit wonky this upcoming Thanksgiving week because I'm flying back to Kansas City. Then we got Thanksgiving and all that. So we'll we'll get something in your podcast feed uh, next week ahead of the uh, the Chiefs next game. And to recap, a little primetime action between the Chiefs and the Chargers. So uh, with that, uh, Nate, I guess just uh, I guess get us out of here. I'm going to go try to find some aloe or something. I just want to remind people that. The Chiefs in the Patrick Mahomes era, and I know this game is hard to sort of forecast because of the injuries on both sides, but what the pattern has told us is in the Patrick Mahomes era, there has been no game in which the team has played in Los Angeles where there hasn't been just truly captivating results. It's going to take on a brief journey. 2018, it's the first game of him as the leading man on the team. There was one pass, and I remember writing about this in The Athletic, that that young year of 2018, that he threw a pass from the right hash to the left Hmm. sideline for like six yards. And he did it in such an effortless manner that Phillip Rivers, who was watching Patrick Mahomes from the Chargers sideline walked away, shook his head, and knew I'm not getting the ball back. 
because <laughs> they went right down the field and they scored another touchdown. But it was that moment where if Phillip Rivers is shaking his head on a out on a throw to the far side on an out route that I don't know a handful of dudes can only get away with in this league, we might be onto something. He threw a touchdown pass to a fullback. Following, obviously, the greatest game that's ever going to be played in regular season, in primetime, Chiefs-Rams. We all remember it. Now, they did not play in LA in 2019 because that game was in Mexico City. In 2020, of course, we were all trying to figure out, they really going to play in empty stadiums? Yep, they really did. And Harrison Bucker made the game when he feels old. Chiefs came back, won the game in overtime. It was also the... I don't know, Tyrod Taylor, like, how can we, how can we get Justin Herbert on the field? Um, so that's where the rivalry really started between these two quarterbacks. Um, last year was just, it was probably the best, like, end of game Travis Kelsey's ever had. Um, in another comeback, in another overtime game. I don't know what's going to happen Sunday, y'all. But guess what? It's in primetime. So, Chiefs, primetime, L.A., Patrick Mahomes. I, I feel something special is going to happen. Here. 